0: Welcome to the Pitch Your Pick podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into all of the sports books, find our favorite plays, and pitch them to each other to find the best bets every day. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. That over there is Jer, and we're gonna get right into it with these lovely picks. How you doing today, my man?
1: I'm doing well. It's Tuesday. It's another day closer <laughs> to the weekend. Uh, the NBA back in two days, and we the love temperature's that. finally above freezing, so I can't really complain. <laughs>
0: So uh, we figured we start off this first segment of the podcast by actually recapping our picks from yesterday. We had a total of four, two for me, two from him. And if we switch over right here, we can see our yesterday's performance. And there's a lot of green checks. We got to love that. Our first one uh, by myself, Ohio State minus six and a half versus Indiana. Nice little green check right there. This one was a bit of a squirrely game though. If you guys watch this one, it was uh, interesting. It was actually I chalked it completely. I thought this was going to be a big L. I wasn't ready for it. And then um, Ohio State brought it back, brought it into overtime, and then just kept a lead throughout OT, got some fouls, and brought it up to 11. So I, I was crazy on it. Super gas when that one went because I, I was ready to lose my money. Uh, but I'll take that one right there. Our next one by Jer. The Bruins team total under 2.5. Now, I didn't watch this one, so he's got to tell us a little about this. But uh, it wasn't a hot one.
1: So I had the handicap right on this game. I just had it for the wrong team. Um, <laughs> I thought the Avalanche would probably come out and win this one 5-1, but uh, the Bruins ended up rolling the other way. Uh, they came out hot, scored a couple goals in the first, and then dominated the second. They covered their team total like early in the second period. It wasn't even a sweat. And then
0: you had the uh, the Kraken team total, which uh, you redeemed yourself. Got a big check right there under two and a half one thirteen. 113. It was a little squirrely. They did get two, but you ended up clutching it out in the end.
1: Yeah, they uh, scored one goal in the first three minutes of the game. The second one, two minutes in the second period. After that, they only had four shots in the second period. They came back in the third with 14 shots and uh, couldn't end up getting one past Dr. Demko, who has been a stud this year.
0: Uh, and then our last pick by myself, another check, we went 2-0 on the night. Boston College, uh, to cover the spread versus Florida State, it was at minus 1-10, and this one was complete domination by Boston College. I mean, at one point, They were up by 21 points, just an absolute cruise. This one really was never in, you know, any sort of, I guess, wary of bit being wrong. It just kind of, it was a Boston College throttle. It was a great game to watch if you uh, put money on Boston College, but for the Florida State fans, I imagine it wasn't as as fun to watch. So uh, we have a decent slate of games for today. It's going to be a fun one. Well, we can switch over to our two shared screens to check out you again. Obviously, we still have no NFL or NBA games tonight. But the NBA does come back on a Thursday with a, uh, actually, it's a decent slate of games. But obviously, that's for Thursday. The NHL tonight has some decent ones.
1: Yeah, tonight we got six games on the ice. We got um, the Flyers taking on the Blues. The Flyers will be on a road back-to-back, I believe it is. Um, The Leafs will be taking on the Blue Jackets. Uh, I think this game might have a potential of closing at 7 for you people that don't watch hockey. A closing total of 7 is almost never possible. But the Leafs haven't been playing much defense and the Jackets haven't played defense all year. And these are two pretty explosive offenses. The total opened at 6.5. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it bet up to 7 um we'll have the wild taking on the senators we'll talk about more about that game later the predators and the panthers which we'll talk about more later the sharks and the ducks and the kraken on a back-to-back versus the flyers or the kraken aren't playing the flyers they're taking on the islanders sorry
0: (laughs) uh and then for you know my specialty college basketball we actually have a better slate than yesterday yesterday we only had three top 25 games tonight we actually have quite a few we have tennessee going up against missouri arkansas versus florida Iowa versus Michigan State. UConn versus Villanova. That's going to be an interesting one. We're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, the wonderful Texas Tech going on against Oklahoma. We can see if they continue their hot streak. Kansas, they're just cruising through against Kansas State. I don't really think that uh, interstate matchup would really be too interesting. And then Alabama versus Vanderbilt. I do think this will be a fun game. Yeah, SEC teams and Torres playing great defense. I think this could be a fun one. And Alabama plays at one of the fastest paces in college basketball. I, I, just, I love watching them play. Javon Quinterly is seriously one of the quickest, you know, quick first steps I've ever seen. This dude is just insane. Um, and then for the non-top 25 games, there's still have some pretty decent ones. A few ACC teams um, are going out here um, just having some fun. And we still have some other ones like St. Bonaventure, who was previously ranked uh, this season uh, going up against Rhode Island. It should be an interesting one. I also love watching Buffalo play here against Miami. If you want to watch an absolute throttling, we have Ohio going up against Central Michigan. 17 point favorites and the last time they played I think it was a 12 point win so it's going to be an interesting one out there ACC matchup right here with Miami and Pittsburgh I think it could be interesting I'm intrigued at this Miami only being favored by four because Miami is a great offensive team Wardenburg down in the paint as well as a great defender Pittsburgh has really struggled this season but they have been putting it together Um, so we'll see how that one ends up going we have san diego state and boise state which we'll be talking about a little bit later and then finishing off with unlv and nevada so pretty decent slated games it's not the best we've ever seen uh, i think either tomorrow or into saturday is gonna be some pretty good games but it's overall not too bad there's obviously some good ncaa women's games and stuff like that set up for the night but we're gonna get it popping with jared's first pick in the nhl and he's gonna tell us to a little bit about that
1: Okay, so I'm gonna start with that Minnesota Wild and Ottawa Senators matchup I mentioned a bit ago. Okay, um, okay. And I'm gonna be taking the Minnesota Wild money line, but I'm gonna take that in regulation. Um, so we're gonna take out overtime, take out the shootout. I'm just gonna take them to win the game before it gets to that point. That's minus 135. I believe their regular money line's like minus 200. Um... So I get, and I guess I'll start by talking about this. So the Wild have gone to overtime in eleven of forty-seven games. Um, that's twenty-three and a half percent, which ranks thirteenth highest in overtime games played in the NHL, actually. Um, but the Senators have only gone to overtime eight times in forty-nine games. That's thirteen and a half percent, and that's actually the fifth least in the NHL. Um, I think the biggest reason that the Wild are higher up in this percentage is they're one of the better teams in the NHL that can compete with anyone on on a nightly basis, but they're not necessarily in that um, topper echelon of the teams, but they can compete. Uh, Most of their overtime games come against the likes of Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Washington, Toronto, Colorado, who are solidified playoff or Stanley Cup contenders. Um, On the other side, you have a young developing Senators team who can usually be dangerous on any given night. However, most of the danger has been taken out of that lineup right now. Um, the Senators will be without three of their top players. They'll be missing their best defenseman and quarterback of their power play and Thomas Shabbat. Um, he's six on the Senators in points. They'll be missing Josh Norris, their first-line winger, and uh, who also plays on the first-line power play. And he's third on the team in points while only playing 36 of those 49 games. Um, and they'll be missing their first line center, Drake Batherson and who's on their first line power play unit. Um, and he's second on the team in points. Um, these two teams have played once already this year. The game finished five, four, and it actually did go to overtime. Um, but I don't think that'll be the case tonight because all three of those players I just listed played in that game. Um, Batherson and Norris combined for four points. Um, both having a goal and an assist. Shabbat didn't register a point, but he played 29 and a half minutes, and he he led all players in time on ice by more than five minutes. Um, I think there's going to be a talent gap here tonight. Um, Usually the Senators can compete with these teams, but without these top guys, they're just beat down, and I don't think they can compete with the likes of Kaprizov and Hartman up in that Minnesota top line. Um, The Wild are also the 5th most profitable team on in the NHL. They're the 11th most profitable team on the road. On the other side, the Senators are the 12th least profitable team and are the 12th least profitable team at home. And if we dive into some advanced analytics, these all favor the Wild. Um, so in Corsi, for per, Corsi percentage 4, um, it's a stat that essentially analyzes how often you're controlling the play and controlling the puck. The Wild ranked 15th and the Senators ranked 26th. Um, the Wild are 6th in goals for percentage and the Senators are 20th. The Wild are 12th in expected goals for and the Senators are 24th. The Wild are 10th in s- scoring chances 4 percentage and the Wild se- or the Senators are 24th as well in that. Um, And the Wild are 14th in high-danger scoring chances for, and the Senators are 25th. And that's a stat that basically might as well be compared to a layup or a wide-open MIDI in basketball and how often you're getting them and how often you're giving them up. Um, The Wild are 7-3 in their last 10 games, whereas the Senators are 4-6 over the last 10. Um, Both of these teams rank inside the top 10 in penalty minutes. Um, but Ottawa is missing three of their main five power play guys, which already struggled to score. Um, I think that's another advantage for the Wild. The Wild's power play ranks 13th in the NHL, which has been on fire recently, converting at 54.5 percent when they only convert at 21.2 percent on the season. And the Senators' power play ranks 27th, and have only scored ten go- or once in their last ten games or twenty three attempts, Um and I, I think that that's just a glaring advantage for the Wild when we're going to see, so many guys in the box when both these teams take so many penalties. So I'm going to take with the take the Wild here to roll on special teams and dominate on five on five and get this done in regulation. Yeah,
0: I mean it. it it's
1: sounding like the Wild are going to. Put out of throttling
0: out here. It doesn't really sound like it's gonna to be too good out there. Uh, they are
1: coming of off a seven-three win in their last game, so
0: yeah, it, this the is they really can get.
1: They're they're playing some pretty good hockey recently.
0: All right, so I guess we can uh, pivot it away from our wonderful NHL picks there and move it on to my personal pick. First pick, my favorite pick out here because I just think it's gonna be a great game, and it's gonna be Villanova versus. Yukon now this is a game that you would think on first glance would actually be in Villanova's favor but if you actually check out the spreads Yukon is favored by just two points it's going to be an interesting one to say the least two big east rivals going at it and I'm actually going to take Yukon to cover that spread which may be an interesting one because at first glance I was actually uh, pretty surprised at this now the reason for this is both of these teams are pretty damn great. Defensively, but UConn is just on another level right now. And you have Colin Gillespie, who is UConn's leading scorer, said he's, quote, playing at 80% of his ability because of an ankle injury that he actually took in the last game against UConn. And then on top of that, Moore, who is Villanova's second leading scorer, is also coming off some nagging injuries, which he says he's really not feeling 100% either. So we're looking at the number eight team in the country without their two top scorers who have literally no bench. They run a seven-man rotation. It's a little thin on the Villanova side. And uh, Villanova is a team that runs a heavy pick-and-roll offense. They really like to get out there on the pick-and-roll, use Gillespie to chuck up those threes and get inside the Dixon. If they're not running a pick-and-roll, it's usually centered around a Dixon post-up where you got some guys running around at the three-point line. But in UConn's favor, Not only are they 25th in Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency, they are 37th in the country in pick and roll defense, they're 17th best in on-ball screen defense, and they are the 7th best team at defending the rim, while also severely limiting three-point opportunities. They only allow 60.8 points per game at home, and this one is played at UConn. So for that heavy pick and roll Villanova team, it's going to be tough. Usually when a lot of teams, you know, stop the pick and roll, you try to you know, run some ball screens outside, get some threes out there, but UConn can also guard those. And this is actually one of Villanova's worst shooting teams in recent years. Usually we know Nova as that team who can chuck threes as an entire squad at around 40% rate, but their best shooter is Colin Gillespie, who remember is coming off that injury and is not looking too hot. So on a defensive end, it's looking really good for UConn. But UConn has been giving up those threes in recent games. So if Gillespie can get into a rhythm, and can start chucking up those threes, it's going to look pretty good for them. But again, he's on 80%, so I'm not really too sure how I'm feeling about that one. It's going to be interesting. But uh, UConn is 9-2 at the spread for their last 11 Tuesday games, 7-1 in their last eight as a home team, versus a team with a 60% or better round win percentage, which Villanova does have. And Nova is 4-0 in their last four games against a 60% win percentage team, which is UConn. they are 1-5 in five at the spread in their last six games following a win, which is pretty tough. Now, I love both of these teams. I think they're both amazing. UConn and Villanova always bring out 100% out there on the court. But I have to go with UConn covering the spread, at least winning by two on this one, because I just don't see this severely injured Villanova team that already was going to have a tough matchup against the Huskies. You know, covering the spread is just going to be too tough of a one. I do think if the rules were reversed, you know, Gillespie's healthy, Moore is healthy. I do think that Villanova can take this, but without that, I got to go UConn covering the spread here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do agree with that. I would take the home favorite here on the short line. Might as well consider it a money line at two points. if, If it's any, if they win by two, you push. Yeah, I like that.
0: I I, I think it's going to be a a tough one. I was actually severely surprised when I saw UConn favorite because every time I've actually tuned into a UConn game, it seems like they've been struggling. But they have been rolling recently. Um, Only loss in the last five has been to Xavier, whereas Nova's, I think, won five consecutive. But when you take into account that the two leading scores for Nova are coming off some injuries, I think this is going to be a really tough one uh, for Nova to pull out. And if they do it, good on them. That It shows the willpower of this team.
1: Yeah, and Nova hasn't been great this year as an underdog either. I just looked at that; they're one and three as an underdog this year. That's a little tough. Um, and they're also only ten and five on the road total. Yeah, I'd, I'd take the home favorite there.
0: All right, we have another NHL pick coming in <clears> from, <throat> it from it, Jerry. It should be an interesting one.
1: Uh, yeah. Um. We're going to look at one of the most dominant teams in the building that they're playing in tonight, uh, the Florida Panthers, and taking on the Nashville Predators at home in Florida. I'm going to be betting the Florida Panthers regulation money line. This has been a routine bet all year for me. Um, The Florida Panthers are a true Stanley Cup contender. They have the stars. They have depth. They are the second most profitable team in the NHL um and by far are the most profitable team at home this year they have a 20 and 3 record at home um they have not lost a game at home since january or december 16th um on the other side you have the predators who have been having a pretty good season so far um they've lost their last lost lost their last four games overall um and three of those games were by two or more goals um they have only they have only won two of their last six on the road and they have also lost their last four as an underdog and their last four as a road underdog. Um, they're also winless in their last five versus a team with a winning record. Um, right now, these two teams are kind of trending in opposite directions. As I said, the Predators lost four in a row um, and the Panthers are actually on a three game win streak right now. Um, This season, like, simply put, Florida has been the toughest building to play in. Um, And this isn't the team that you want to have to go up by when you're losing games by more than two goals consistently. Um, But with that being said, the Predators have been pretty decent on the road this season. They have a 14-3 and record. However, they are on a three-game losing streak on the road as well, and not all of those came in the last four games. Um... And as I said before, the Panthers haven't lost at home since December 16th. They're 9-0 since that point, and averaging more than six goals a game over that span. Um, they're covering totals by themselves at home. Um, they don't need help from the other team to cover the game total. They're often covering that thing by themselves. Uh, the Predators average the most penalty minutes in the NHL. And the Panthers' power play only ranks 15th, which is kind of surprising for how good this offense Um, And it's 13th at home. But with their offensive firepower, they have the ability to explode on any night. And this isn't the team you want to give a lot of chances to, as the Predators usually do. Um, And that was demonstrated in the first matchup between these two teams when the Panthers scored three power play goals on five attempts. Um, So now if we go back into some advanced stats, the Panthers are first in Corsi percentage, um, which I said that the stat that talks about how much you control the play, and the Predators rank 16th. Um, the Panthers are first in goals for percentage, and the Predators are 12th. The Panthers are expect third in goals expected, and the Predators are 15th. The Panthers are second in scoring chances four, and the Panthers are third or Predators are 13th. Um, the Panthers are sixth in high danger scoring chances, four percentage, and the Panthers are or the Predators are 13th in that as well. Um, I think the scary part of this bet is the Predators goaltender, um, UC Saros. He is a brick wall most of the time. He ranks fifth in uh, goals above expected at five on five play. However, when his team goes on the penalty kill, he ranks 25th in goals above expected. So this team does give up a ton of chances on the penalty kill and doesn't give their goalie much help. Um, So I'm going to roll with the Panthers to get it done inside regulation here. The Predators have had a nice season so far, but they don't stack up with the likes of the Panthers. And the only way I really see this bet losing is if Saros is standing on his head.
0: All right, so slight recording mishap, but we're going to start this one again with my second pick. Now, uh, we missed my comments on his last pick, but what I was going to say is that the Panthers are looking absolutely crazy in their last few games. I went and actually checked out some of their scores while he was talking, and I mean, it looks like it's the second you put them against a team that... Yeah, you know, isn't really on their level. It is a throttling. You know, checking out the just last schedule. I mean, we're talking five two six two five two eight four four one six zero five one nine two seven one. The thing you put away against a team that really just isn't ready for them. It's yeah, it's not
1: good. So, it's about as consistent as throttlings get in hockey. It's pretty unbelievable what they're doing yeah, at home right now. It, it, it,
0: yeah, it's it's looking bad. So. Uh, To move on to our final pick of the night, we have myself going to a conference that I normally don't really check out all that often, which you could say uh, means I'm a casual. But it is going to be Boise State versus San Diego State, a battle of two insanely good defenses. So if we check out the actual previous game that these two teams had, you'll be a little bit interested in what happens. If we have a schedule here and we scroll down to Boise State versus San Diego State, you will see that it was an offensive masterpiece coming in at 42 to 37 (laughs) for the final score. San Diego State only scoring 14 points in the (laughs) second half. That's hilarious. That's how good these guys are at defense. (laughs) Now, uh, to these guys' credit, uh, San Diego State was just coming off a one week COVID pause, and uh, the Boise State Broncos actually had a Two-week COVID pause and had played three games in five days uh before this game. So, you know, this wasn't their best showing because I would assume most of the guys are pretty gassed and just weren't really in basketball shape at this point on San Diego State. And then for Boise State, these guys were gassed, man. Three games or in five days, that's a lot on your body. But if you look at these shooting totals, 31%, 28%, that's just what these guys can do on the defensive end of the ball. So if we're looking at these two teams. Uh, and Ken Palm adjusted the defensive efficiency. San Diego State is actually first in the country. And Boise State currently sits at 11. These guys are good. First in the country in defense and 11th. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, now, Boise State is currently looking for their 12th consecutive win. And San Diego State is currently looking for their sixth consecutive win. So both of these guys have been on a bit of a roll, which is always pretty nice. Now, the thing comes for San Diego State and that they are one of, if not the best defensive team in the country, but their offense has been pretty trash. I mean, we're looking against USC. They only scored 43. They scored 58 against Michigan. Um, they only scored 63 against St. Mary's, 60 against BYU. You know, it's looking pretty tough. And again, 37 in that game against Boise State. But the great thing comes, and recently, their offense has actually been looking pretty damn solid. 72 against San Diego State, or San Jose State. Um, 76 against air force 75 against utah state only 61 against fresno state but they held them to 44 points so they've actually increased their points per game total as a team by nearly seven points which is actually a pretty good increase for a uh, offense that was this bad so with that uh, increase we could hope to see a better performance and if we look comparing boise state's offense they are a fairly comparable offense to that of fresno state just looking at these stats and They held them to 44 points. So if we're just looking at trends, Boise State is going to have a tough time going against the San Diego State defense because, I mean, again, they are insane. And there's actually a great stat to look at here because usually if you play a very aggressive style of basketball on defense, you're going to be committing a few fouls. That's not really a problem for San Diego State. If we check out the uh, college basketball D1 men's free throw percentages, You can see Nova sitting up here at number one with 82.8% as a team. But if we actually switch it over to the very last page, scroll all the way down to number 343 out of 350 teams in D1, Boise State is only shooting 64% from the free throw line. So even if San Diego State does commit a foul, it's more than likely that it's really not gonna turn into too many free points for Boise State because they are one of the worst Free throw shooting teams in the country now. San Diego State is 11 and 7 against the spread this season, but when they score more than 60 points, they're 17 and 1 against the spread. And in their last five games, they're averaging 65. So it's looking pretty good. Now, in the six of the last 10 Boise State games, they've actually hit the over on points, and in five of the last 10, the teams have hit the over against San Diego State. So it's looking pretty good. A lot of these teams have been scoring a bunch on offense. So it's going to be pretty interesting. This game is going to come down to whoever can really score more on the offensive end, which you don't really love to bet on for two defensive teams, but with how San Diego State has been trending upwards on that offensive end while still playing absolutely amazing defense, I'm going to have to go with them in this underdog scenario because if they can hold Fresno down to 44, I think they can at least knock out a win here against Boise State.
1: Yeah, I'm, just looking at it, yeah, they uh they've been trending in the right direction for sure recently.
0: Yeah, I mean, since that um, uh, game against Boise State after the COVID pause, they really only had uh one bad loss. You could look at, you know, Utah State throttled them, but I mean, since then they only lost to one to Colorado State, who was previously ranked twenty, and everything else it's been pretty consistent wins. And again, whenever they usually when they can score above
1: sixty, they get the W. they get the win, which yeah. you gotta love. And um. Utah State, they're they're pretty good in that. They're in the Mountain West, right? And they're pretty good in that Mountain West too, aren't they? They
0: did recover against Utah State on the January twenty sixth. They lost seventy five to fifty seven, but they took what they learned in that game, and on February fifteenth, so only a few days ago, um, actually a week ago, they went against Utah State again and beat them seventy five to fifty six. So they completely flipped that matchup. So they really um have yep. been taking what they're learning and just you know coasting through the rest of this conference. And they've actually been on an uptrend. You got to love to see that.
1: San Diego State plus two. Sprinkle on the money line. Lock it in. <laughs> like, well, let's get uh, it going. So
0: we uh, will do one last segment where we will cover our uh, picks for the day. And then we will let you guys out of here. So we'll set up that real quick. We'll be back. All right. So here are today's picks for the Pitch Your Pick podcast. Looking beautiful. We have UConn to cover the spread versus Villanova at a whopping 114. Uh, Minnesota Wild regulation money line at minus 135 and Florida Panthers regulation money line at minus 130 and last but not least San Diego State money line versus Boise State I think we're a fan of the money line today Jared
1: I think so um I got exotic yesterday and didn't go the way I wanted we got a win I think my two bets are about as safe as they come
0: but we got to hope so. They are minus 130, so we'll have to see. So yesterday, we did a whopping 3-1. and Hopefully, we can repeat that. Maybe go for a 4 out. We got to get a 4 out day eventually and uh, see how it goes. So this has been the Pitch Your Picks podcast, where we find the best picks in the sports books according to us, obviously. You can go ahead and enter these if you guys want to. But make sure you stay safe out there on your bets. You don't want to be throwing too much money on things. Uh, join us next time. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to like. Subscribe on anything that you can. Follow, do whatever you can to support the podcast. Make sure you check out our Twitter and all that wonderful stuff you're on YouTube in the links in the description down below. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day and go ahead and make some money out there.